0: started this series in John 14 and verse number 12 when we talked about Jesus telling the disciples that they would do greater works than he in John 14 12 verily verily I say unto you he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father And so we had started this um, subject of these greater works that Jesus said his disciples would do. We're able to accomplish this because the Holy Spirit enables powerful prayer. We talked about that in the lesson. We have to pray in his name. Um, That is according to his will. We pray that in a way that God would be glorified and our prayers have to be in accordance with his word. Then last time we talked about passionate obedience. Our obedience to Christ is motivated by love, which of course is produced by the Holy Spirit in our hearts as believers. And three things we talked about in relationship to the word of God. Number one, in order to be obedient, we have to possess it. We have to make the word of God our own. There has to be observation um, that we pay attention to it, we keep it, we're paying attention to it, we're reading it, we're observing it, um, as in we're applying it to our lives, and then of course submission to the Word of God. Today we're going to talk about personal instruction. A few years ago I saw a university advertised online. And they were at, on the advertisement, they were telling how many students are in a typical college classroom. And they bragged that at their university, there were only like 10 students per professor in the classroom. And so you get more personal, on-hand instruction. And I thought about that as I was getting ready for this lesson this week. We have an even better thing we can brag about. We have the professor all to ourselves. As we have the indwelling Holy Spirit living within us, we have the teacher living within us. He goes home with us. He goes to town with us. Wherever we are, we have our teacher, the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to talk about this personal instruction. We're going to look at four aspects of his instruction. We'll begin here in John 14 and verse 25. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. He's just been talking about our love and our obedience to him. And now he says, I've said all this, being present with you. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Look at the first part of this. He said, when he comes, he said, I'm here now, I'm teaching you now, but I'm leaving. So when the Holy Spirit comes, he said, he shall teach you all things. This word teach is the the Greek word didasko, and it literally means to give instruction. He's going to be our teacher. He's going to be, uh, this word didasko is to to have a conversation, except it's more of a one-sided conversation in that, There is a lecture taking place. There is instruction taking place. And it's interesting that he uses this word because this is the Holy Spirit. He never promises that we're going to hear his voice audibly. But yet he tells us here, he's going to be teaching you. He's going to be giving instruction to you. Now look specifically what he says he's going to be giving instruction about. He said he will teach you All things. He gives us a very broad topic here of what the Holy Spirit is going to be addressing in our lives. Everything. I think of James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally. God gives wisdom. How does he impart wisdom to the believer? Through the instruction of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And it's amazing the things that the Holy Spirit will teach us about. I have found in my life, if I'm dealing with a discipline issue with my children, how do I deal with this? How do I address this? I get a lot more help going to the Lord in prayer than going to anybody else. Because I start praying, and then the Lord gives me an answer. Often it's through the Word of God. The Lord will remind me of a principle in Scripture or of a a passage of Scripture. I've shared before the time we were praying about discipline with one of the children, and the verse that the Lord laid on um, Laura's heart was, um, Thy gentleness hath made me great. That what that child needed was more gentleness, not more firmness. And we both thought more firmness. Well, I was starting to realize the child needed more gentleness, and then the Lord specifically brought that scripture to Laura's mind. Laura began to apply that, and we saw a change in that child's heart. Well, who was the teacher there? It didn't come from a book. Well, it did come from a book. It came from a living book, the Word of God. But it didn't come from an instruction manual from the bookstore or off Amazon, but it came from the Word of God. We have such a powerful teacher There was a young man I had encouraged about something this week, and I said, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. You need to start asking the Holy Spirit, how do I deal with it? It was a very practical issue in his home. I said, just start praying. Holy Spirit, how do I address this? I had given him a list of things that he could do. but I'm like, I don't know. I'm not you. I'm not there. I don't know exactly, honestly, how to fix this. I've given you these ideas. The Holy Spirit can show you what the root of the problem is so that you're able to deal with it. He will teach us all things. Now let's consider here for a moment, he's talking to the disciples. The disciples are getting ready. They're going out. They're establishing the churches. They are going to have all kinds of issues. They're going to have persecution, all kinds of things. So let's consider, first of all, what these all things might include for the disciples. For one, they're going to the Holy Spirit is going to provide them everything they would need to write the epistles. Did you ever think where did all the material for the New Testament come from? It was the Holy Spirit that was building upon the teachings of Jesus in the hearts of these apostles that would give us 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Such powerful, practical books. Galatians. We would have these books, and of course, although Paul was not with them, he was later named as one of them, and he even spent time with the Lord. He spent time out on the backside of the desert being taught by the Holy Spirit. And of course, he comes back out of the wilderness on the scene, on fire for God. Powerful preacher, powerful minister, powerful writer. All of his... Power was through the work of the Holy Spirit in his life. These epistles would give us um, instructions for church administration, for family life, how to deal with sin. What is sin as we look at the book of Romans? And all of these things would be given to the disciples through the working of the Holy Spirit. How was the Holy Spirit affect us in teaching us all things? He would give us everything we need to live. He would give us everything to live, to witness, to understand the scriptures when we read them. I want to read what one preacher said about God speaking to us. He said this understanding of illumination. Illumination is the idea that when you read scripture, God illumines it. He makes it to where you understand it and it And gives you um, a deeper understanding of a passage, applies it to your life. All this is part of this idea of illumination. He said, this understanding of illumination begs the question, does God still speak to us today? My answer to this question is grounded in the Holy Spirit's illumination. Yes, God speaks today because he speaks to me by his Holy Spirit through his word. Is the Spirit giving me new teaching that is higher and superior to scripture? No. No. The Spirit is illuminating what is already recorded in God's Word so that the Word of God is quickened to my heart for every need of my life. Every need of our lives is answered in the Word of God. He goes on in a couple paragraphs later to say, To say we need a new word of knowledge today as believers undermines the sufficiency and completeness of the Word of God. We have the completed scriptures, we have the word of God and the Holy Spirit who who wrote it, who inspired it in the first place is our teacher that lives within us. That's a powerful thought. He who wrote the scriptures lives in my heart so he can give me understanding. I shared I think it was last time I taught about as a teenager reading there in Colossians. No, it was at the Bible study. Um, In Colossians chapter 3, I think it is, maybe verse 20 or 21, somewhere along there, where it said, children, obey your parents in all things. And as a teenager, when I read that, that the Holy Spirit convicted my heart. He's talking to me that I need to obey my parents. And then I thought, well, he didn't say teenagers, he said children. So that doesn't apply to me. So then I looked in the rest of the chapter and I realized there weren't any teenagers anywhere. There were parents and there were dads, there were moms and there were children. So it must apply to me. The Holy Spirit showed me that that applied to me. Convicted my heart of it, shared it with a friend who was a new Christian and um, he started applying it in his life. But it was the Holy Spirit simply teaching me. Well, later on, grow up, go to college, study Greek. Well, guess what I did? I did a Greek study of that passage one time. I came to the same conclusion, studying the Greek, that I did as a teenager just listening to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the teacher is the same whether you read it in Greek or English. I had a professor one day, we were going to have this Greek professor teach one of our classes a couple of years ago, and um, we was... Uh, an online class and he was from down in Florida and he teaches courses like he can teach the course from the Greek text or from an English text. And so my professor asked this guest professor, so next semester when you're teaching, are you going to be teaching from the, straight from the Greek or from the English? He said, oh, I might as well teach it from the English. It'll all come out the same way anyway. Why? Because it's the Word of God. Amen. We have the same teacher, and that was just so powerful for me, to re- for me to remember recently how powerful it was as a teenager seeking God and the Holy Spirit working in my heart, illuminating the Scriptures, and now as I get older and I can study it even deeper, I come to the same conclusions I did as a teenager. Why? Because I still have the same teacher, the Holy Spirit. Look over at 1 Corinthians chapter two. He goes, Paul goes into this a little deeper. And I hope you notice some of the word, wording that Paul used. It's so similar to what Jesus used. I have a feeling he was thinking of John 14 as he wrote this. I'm just going to start reading at um, verse number 1. And brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world... That come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for they had known it, I'm sorry, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him but god hath revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searcheth there it is all things yea the deep things of god for what god knoweth sorry for what man knoweth the things of man save the spirit of man which is in him even so the things of god knoweth no man but the spirit of god Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. What does he mean? We have the mind of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit. This is the mind of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. He is our teacher, as he said in verse 13. He's our teacher. He's the one that's made these things revealed. He's the one that will reveal the secret things of God to us, the deep things of the Scripture. I mean, anybody, a lost family, could take the Word of God, could read it, and start applying principles. And some of those principles would work because they're God's eternal principles, and so they work. So they start applying them, they start working, but there's something missing. It's dead religion. They may have the rules right, they may have the standards right, they may look good on the outside, but when they die and they stand before God, God will say, I never knew you. There was no heart relationship, there was no Holy Spirit teaching. What we need in our homes, in our families, in our personal lives is the Holy Spirit's instruction. And when he takes the word of God and makes it alive and makes it powerful and applies it to our lives and we start walking in obedience, this is what it means to follow the Spirit or to walk in the Spirit. It's where we start seeing the word of God and we just obey it. We don't make up these foolish excuses. Well, God hasn't convicted me about that. Did you read it? Did you understand it? He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it is sin. I mean, it's real simple. If the word of God said it, it doesn't matter what level of conviction I feel it. I should obey it. If I love my Savior, I will walk in obedience to him. We saw that in the last lesson. So we start asking for wisdom. Lord, teach me. This is not just a New Testament concept. Psalm 119 and verse 18, something we've been teaching our kids to pray when they open their Bibles, to read, open thou mine eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. And it didn't just stop there. Let's look at a few of these verses. Psalm 25, 4, show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths. Psalm 25, 5, lead me in thy truth and teach me. For Thou art the God of my salvation, on Thee do I wait all the day. Psalm 27.11, Teach me Thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Psalm 86.11, Teach me Thy way, O Lord, I will walk in Thy truth. Unite my heart to fear Thy name. Psalm 119.12, Blessed art Thou, O Lord, teach me Thy statutes. Verse 26, I have declared my ways, and Thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. Verse 33, teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Verse 64, the earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. Verse 66, teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Here's an important one. Why do you think Jesus put... Um, Why why do you think that Jesus put obedience before he told us the Holy Spirit was going to be our teacher? Because we're going to have to believe the word of God. When we believe the word of God, then we can obey it. It's a powerful thing there. Teach me good judgment and knowledge for I have believed. The psalmist is saying, I've already believed. I've chosen to believe your word. So now I need you to teach me. It's a decision. We have to come to the word of God deciding I already believe it. Now I need you to explain it to me because this one doesn't make sense. You know, you come to those verses and they just don't quite make sense. So we have to decide, okay, Lord, I believe your word even though I don't understand it. Now help me understand it. Teach me. Verse 68, thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. Verse 108, accept, I beseech thee, the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments verse 124 deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy and teach me thy statutes verse 135 make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes psalm 143 and verse 10 teach me to do thy will for thou art my god thy spirit <laughs> the holy spirit's even in the psalms thy spirit is good Lead me into the land of uprightness. You see the connection here to the the Lord teaching us and the psalmist understanding the Holy Spirit. To some level, he didn't understand him fully. I mean, the disciples didn't know about him at all at this point, and they start getting introduced to him. So there were levels to where the psalmist may not have understood what he was writing, but the psalmist understood that they needed God to teach them His word. Secondly, we see that the Spirit reminds. And the last part of verse 26, he says, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. And then he specifies exactly what he's talking about here, whatsoever I have said unto you. The Holy Spirit is going to be in the ministry of reminding As the disciples walked away, they were going to remember what Jesus said. Can you imagine over three years of ministry, you've been walking with Jesus, listening to him teach constantly. You've been seeing him do miracles and then teach a lesson and do a miracle and teach a lesson. How are you going to remember it all when it comes to the end? Well, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will remind you. Now, why was this going to be beneficial to the disciples? For one thing, this would give them everything they needed to write the Gospels. I mean, it was going to be a long time. John was going to be like close to 100 years old when he finally sits down to write the Gospel of John. He was old, maybe as early as 90, but that's old, right? Okay, 90 years old, and he sits down to start writing. How is he going to remember? I think about it. Prince Philip died this week, 99 years old. Laura and I were talking about that this morning. I mean, that's just amazing to live to the year uh, being 99. And here is Paul. If you imagine Prince Philip, if you've seen any pictures of him recently, imagine him, Prince Philip, sitting down to write out the Gospel of John. Well, here you have this man, John. He's been through all kinds of persecutions. I mean, his body is worn out. I mean, some historians in the early days even said that they tried to boil him in oil. And he wouldn't die. So they put him on the Isle of Patmos. And I mean, you know, that'd make somebody a little crazy being off on that island all by themselves. But here you have the Apostle John and he sits down. How is he going to remember everything? He has the Holy Spirit reminding him. Remember what happened this day? Remember what John the Baptist asked? Oh, yeah. Remember what Jesus said here. Oh, we remember this? And the Holy Spirit is there reminding him. I, I've read before that, um, say, Luke, for instance, that he made a trip to Jerusalem and he interviewed some of the apostles to get the information to write down the Gospel of Luke. Well, I used to think that was ridiculous. I'm like, he has the Holy Spirit. Why would Luke need the other apostles? Well, as I've been studying this passage, I'm like, well, the Holy Spirit was reminding these men that were with Jesus. The Holy Spirit could have given Luke all the information without him being there. Let me just specify that. It's just like Bible prophecy. If God could tell somebody what's going to happen in the future, he could tell somebody what happened in the past. But he had specifically given the Holy Spirit to remind the apostle of Jesus' words and everything that had happened. Well, as I've studied this, I thought, you know, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. If, if um, Luke, Dr. Luke, went up there to Jerusalem, he was up there with Paul, and he sat down, and he said, now I need to talk to Peter. Send Peter in. Okay, tell me what happened. And so he takes notes from Peter. Okay, send in James the less. I I need some information here. Okay, what did Jesus say? Uh, Hey, and tell me about what happened on this particular day. The the five loaves and two fishes. I need to hear that one again. Well, let me hear it from your perspective. Um, And so the Holy Spirit's reminding these men, and they're giving Dr. Luke possibly the information. As Matthew one day sits down to write down His gospel. So when when you get a book and they say, well, it probably wasn't the disciple Matthew who wrote the gospel of Matthew. Just take a Sharpie and mark out that moron. I mean, I don't apologize for calling that person a moron that would doubt that the the apostle Mark, uh, sorry, the apostle um, Matthew could have actually written the gospel of Matthew. He had the Holy Spirit of the living God living within him who was going to remind him of what happened. And we didn't need another person named Matthew to give us the Gospel of Matthew. Far years before people wanted to tear apart the Word of God and doubt it, everyone had accepted that the Apostle Matthew wrote it. Two Isaiahs, right? Isaiah. Right, exactly. Yeah, I've heard as many as five Isaiahs wrote the book of Isaiah. You know, just take a sharpie and mark out those parts of the study resource. But the Holy Spirit would be there to remind them. In John chapter 16 and verse 4, he even told that when persecution came, look at verse 4. But these things have I told you. He had warned them and told them about persecution that would come. That when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I, um, sorry, and these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. So he said, you'll remember. You'll remember this was going to produce faith. This would help them withstand persecution when the persecution comes. Oh, yeah, Jesus told us this was going to happen. Okay, we can do this. How? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. They could do it. So how would the Holy Spirit's reminding ministry help us? Well, he's going to help us to live a Christian life. He's going to enable us to be a witness. How is this going to come? Because there are going to be days where the Holy Spirit will remind us of something. I've been witnessing to somebody before, and all of a sudden, I remember this Bible verse, and I quote this scripture person. I never actually even fully memorized that verse, or I didn't think I had. How could I suddenly quote the Bible verse? What well, was the Holy Spirit reminding me. That was the verse that that person needed. There have been times in my own life where I was trying to make a life decision, and I wasn't sure what to do, and I started to go the wrong direction, and the Holy Spirit reminded me of a scripture or of a principle, or of a commitment that I made a long time ago and said, no, don't go that way. Remember what I taught you a long time ago, something I had forgotten. But the Holy Spirit's reminding ministry is so important in our lives, it's important that we pay attention to it. But we have to be submitted to his will if we're actually going to hear him. That doesn't mean he's not speaking, right? But to hear him, we have to be submitted to his will. Sometimes we come to God, oh, God, I don't know your will. Some people will come to me sometimes, oh, I just, I, I don't know the will of God. Well, it's obvious, the will of God. I can't figure out how they can't see it. It's like right in front of their face, the will of God. The answer's right there for all the world to see. They can't see it. Why not? Because they don't want to. His answer is not what they want. So therefore, they can't see it. I mean, I've been there before. I know what the Holy Spirit's telling me, but I'm really having trouble accepting it because it's contrary to my will. Our will has to be in line with the Lord's will. So we have his reminding ministry. Now, if we go over to chapter 16, later that night, he gives them more information, and we get... First of all, we had that the Spirit teaches. Secondly, that the Spirit reminds. Now that the Spirit guides in verse number 12. He said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot hear them. He's just talked about the Holy Spirit's dealing with the lost world. Now he comes back to the disciples for a moment. He said, I've got more to tell you, but you can't handle it right now. The disciples were not mentally, emotionally, physically ready to handle more information at this moment so what was jesus going to do he had more to say i mean sometimes you prepare a sunday school lesson or a sermon and you got way more material than you could fit into two hours what are you going to do with it it's where i have to start saying okay holy spirit what do i not say okay take that out okay lord what do i what do i not say there's still too much here what do i leave out it's amazing the holy spirit gets it right down to something and you're like what is that even for I don't know. It happened a few weeks ago or a couple months ago rather in Sunday school. Right after Sunday school two or three people came to me right after they said you said you didn't know what this lesson was for. It was for me. It's exactly what it was for. I was so confused that morning. I'm like, I don't even know. And at this moment I can't remember what the lesson which lesson that was. But when the Holy Spirit sometimes the Holy Spirit there there's more that the Holy Spirit gives us than we can well, there's more that we need than we can handle at the moment. So the Holy Spirit starts giving them in bite-sized pieces, and Jesus understood this. He said, I've got more, but, verse 13, how be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. So he said, the Holy Spirit's coming, as I've already promised. I'm going away so that he can come, and he's going to finish what I started. I've got more to tell you. You can't handle it right now, but the Holy Spirit's coming, and he will finish it. He will be here. He will guide you. He will be here to guide you into all truth. And this, um, the Greek word here for guide figuratively means to teach, but it's literally to guide or to lead one's way. So it's like a teacher that would give counsel and advice to help someone make life decisions. And he says, the Holy Spirit is going to guide you into what? Into all truth. Somebody asked the question, What is truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said that God's word is truth. He's going to guide us into truth, into all truth. You want to know truth? You're not going to get it from logic, from philosophy, from anything. Accept the word of God. It is our source of all truth. But we see here that the Holy Spirit is not independent of himself, on his own. He's not independent of the Father or of the Son. Because look what he says. Jesus went on to say in verse 13, the middle of it, for he shall not speak of himself. So the Holy Spirit isn't coming up with his own teaching material. But whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So he said, he's going to tell you what he heard. He explains this better in verse 15. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me because I go to the Father. So what's he saying? Jesus had already said in chapter 14 that the Holy Spirit doesn't say anything aside from what I tell him to say. Well, Jesus had already said, and just a couple verses before that, I don't say anything that my father didn't tell me to say. In other words, none of them, no no member of the Trinity is independent of the others. Jesus came and he's constantly saying, I'm just telling you what the father told me. I'm just giving you what the father gave me. Then he says, the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to tell you what I told him to say. He's going to give you what I gave him. Why? Because they were unified. There was unity in the Godhead, and he was going to piece by piece reveal to us as believers what we needed. He gives what's been given to him by the Son, as he already said. Now, if we look over here in Psalm 143, verse 10 again, let's read that verse again, and we see the connection with teaching the Holy Spirit and with guidance. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy Spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. We need the guiding, leading ministry of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. We need his guidance. And then last of all here in this idea of his personal instruction, if you look in verse 16, at the end of verse 13 we have this Fourth truth here about his instructing ministry, the Holy Spirit reveals. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. What was he going to be revealing? It's like that idea of opening up. Hey, y'all want to see what color shirt I'm wearing? That's the idea of reveal. They open the jacket and you see what color the shirt is. The Holy Spirit was going to open things up. He was going to open up the future, and they could see into the future what was going to happen. This was going to give the apostles the information they would need to write the prophetic passages of the, in the epistles, and for John to write the book of Revelation, the revelation of John, no, the revelation of Jesus Christ. He went on to say, he shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. He shall glorify me. The point of prophecy is Jesus Christ. When you go somewhere and they start prophesying over you and telling you all these great things that you're going to do, that is not biblical prophecy. What what did that have to do with glorifying Jesus Christ? Something we really need to think about. How does it affect us? It doesn't give us some great new prophecies, some new insight into the future that nobody's ever had before. It gives us the ability to read the Word of God and understand it. We read the book of Revelation, and that can be a confusing passage, a confusing book of the Bible. But when we have the Holy Spirit teaching us, we compare Scripture with Scripture, we can start understanding how things line out. And we need to constantly be asking ourselves, "Where is Jesus? Show me Jesus." Because if you're studying end time prophecy outside of Jesus, you've missed the whole point. In fact, got a final statement here: Spirit-led teaching on prophecy will always glorify the Son. If you're looking at spirit, uh, sorry, if you're looking at end time prophecy. And you're not looking for Jesus. You've missed the whole point. It will always glorify the Son. Jesus said he will show you, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. So constantly, if we are listening to the Holy Spirit, he's going to constantly be leading you back to Jesus. What did Paul say? He said, we come not teach, I came not teaching you with wisdom. He said, I wanted to know one thing, and that was what? Christ and him crucified. So if our lives become about something else, we've missed the point. If we say the Holy Spirit's leading and Christ isn't being glorified and Christ isn't being lifted up, we need to question whether or not we're truly following the Holy Spirit, because he's always going to be about glorifying Jesus Christ heavenly father we thank you so much that when jesus ascended back to the father you sent us a teacher lord jesus has been referred to as the great rabbi and he truly was but i thank you that he sent us and you sent us a great rabbi to live in our hearts a great teacher And Lord, I pray that you would help us this week to be more aware of his presence. As he is the birthright, he is the possession of every believer. And Lord, I pray that he would possess us this week. And Lord, that we would listen to his voice as we read your word. That we would understand it more deeply. Lord, I pray that you would help us to Um, listen when your Holy Spirit reminds us of the truths that we need in our lives at the time. Lord, I pray that you would help us to follow as he guides us. Lord, help us to pay attention to those prophetic passages in the Scripture that we could be more excited and await your return with even greater anticipation. Lord, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would teach us as we go into the um, preaching part of the service, Lord, that uh, you would speak to us through your word. You would use your ser- servant, Joe, to give us, uh, Lord, what you have for us today. pray that you'd bless us this week to follow you more, be more aware of your presence. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.